0: We are back, and this week we are Kin-O-Enough, um, and I am joined by a special guest. Unfortunately, we had some uh, some issues, so regular co-host Hugh Quentin is not here, but I am joined by an even, I shouldn't say even better, I'm joined by a suitable replacement, uh, if that's acceptable. Uh, an exciting guest that we've been meaning to have on, and it finally worked out. Um, well from, uh, from <laughs> the YouTube channel, uh, what's wrestling, I'm sorry, I am out of sorts, I just ran in the door from uh, riding my bike and being all around town, I'm rushing to try to get here quick, wrestling with the narrative um, YouTube channel, and uh, oh jeez, now I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, Squill, how are you doing today?
1: I am glad to be adequate as a replacement.
0: Like I said, I, I would have said a, a, be, a you know better than ever, When I'm like, okay, I shouldn't say that about Quentin. I like having Quentin on as my co-host, of course, obviously. If you were replacing me, sure, we could say better, uh, you know, more than suitable, uh, you know, but you are re- replacement level. A replacement level for Quentin, I think, is good. I think most people would argue that that's fair, right? Um. Either way, Squill, <laughs> so, well, we are going to be talking about uh, pro wrestling Noah demolition stage in Fukuoka. Um, I mean, it's Noah. It's this is a Noah ass Noah show. I mean, it's definitely twenty twenty three Noah, right? Can't argue with that.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Noah is that. my, my oh, sorry. I was but, saying, no is my constant, like, maybe suffering isn't the right word, but they have such a stacked roster that I, I can't help but keep watching, even as the clusterfuck unfolds.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a the best way kind of to describe it. This show really uh, kind of showed that off um, from top to bottom. Um, I think might do the uh, the sneaky style and start from the, the top and go to the bottom. Uh, MMA style. Uh, as they do on the Wrestling Observer uh, radio, um, just because uh, I think this is a show that makes sense in that regard. There was, I don't know if there's any news notes or anything around the world that's worthwhile to talk about, especially with, you know, having a guest on. Um, but, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, because I don't know how much of the stuff you follow how much you care about any of it and honestly i can't think of much that i care about is there anything is there any news notes or maybe even matches that you've watched within recently that happened within recently that you want to shout out before we get into the Noah show
1: nope i've just been consuming old stuff recently because i'm always working on a script
0: that's a that's fair i definitely get that working hard on all of that i um I've been, you know, continuing to follow uh, Mio Mio Momono and saw a couple of, you know, really really solid matches from her recently um, that I would definitely shout out, um, including the uh, Elimination Judgment Chain Death Match in Oz Academy between uh, Ozaki Goon and uh, and a team of kind of Oz Academy baby faces with the kind of the star attraction being, you know, I, I wouldn't say star attraction, right? Chigusa Nagayo is always going to be the star attraction, but. Mio kind of being the uh, oh, yeah. the backbone of her team and uh, and the feud with her and Ozaki um, continuing to bubble underneath was a lot of fun there. It was, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I get it in the context of wrestling, but it's like when they already had the really kick-ass singles match, this feels like you're really just trying to capitalize off of that and continue the story going in a big kind mm-hmm. of... Um, in a big kind of spectacle match and not necessarily that the match itself really is anything particularly, you know, exciting or whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's that it's kind of, it's, it's stretching it out, but it's still definitely fun and, and worthwhile to check out. Um Otherwise, I mean, there was some other stuff, but like I said, I can't remember and I keep forgetting that I should take notes so that I remember these things when we get oh. to the shows. Uh, but I do hey, not. However,
1: Sorry. Okay. Oh, sorry. I think there's a slight, I think there's a slight delay behind us so I keep like accidentally okay. interrupting. Um that's okay. I did watch some uh, some Mystico. I was trying to catch up on CMLL. So in particular I really enjoyed uh, a few weeks ago his match versus Templiario. He's one of the few I mean like I'm a freak so I always like the rudos. Like I like watching Roosh, you know, that's why I made a video on him. But Mystico is one of the pure one of the few pure technicos i like really love
0: yeah yeah i definitely it's interesting because it does feel like the past last year for sure and maybe a little bit the year before atlantis jr was kind of the everyone was talking about him oh he's finally coming into his own blah 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 and it feels like over the past six six months range like Mystico has just completely eaten his lunch like no mm-hmm. one is talking about Atlantis Jr anymore and it's all Mystico all the time. Um and can't say that I blame, you know, that for, you know, people for having that happen cuz Mystico is better, but it does it does really seem like poor timing, really bad timing for Atlantis Jr cuz he was finally getting people to be like, "Yeah, you know what? He's coming into his own. He's doing pretty good." And uh, just completely overshadowed at this point. It's it's a uh, it's definitely sad to see, but you know, whatever. <laughs> the the yeah,
1: What's that uh, uh, I propose third option that Stuka jr uh, deserves sure. to be uh supreme overall because as okay. uh, you can tell from some of the videos I've made I like uh cube shaped wrestlers uh, and he is definitely one of them
0: he's one of the most cube shaped luchadores that we've had in a while um, that's for sure he looks with his g- blue cutter pattern he looks like the big block character from Mario Um the one that would drops down from the ceiling. He definitely has a the same vibe as that. And I'm trying to remember now. I don't think it's true, but I for some reason I was thinking he's the, the progeny of the B meme, the B meme on Wrestling Observer, but I think that's actually not true. And it was somebody else. Um either way, we can move on to, to Noah. Like I said, I think we'll start at the top uh makes sense. the main event. Go ahead.
1: But no, I was saying it makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and then go down as we <laughs> hit the the tag teams and trios matches that some of us may or may not have watched. Um either way, main event, we got Jake Lee <laughs> going up against the uh the synonymous uh ep- of the episode Ken O for the GHC World Heavyweight Title. We chatted a little bit about this uh behind the scenes before the episode here started, but I'll let uh Squill I'll let you take the reins here and start out on your opinions on this match.
1: So, as with all Jake Lee title matches, um, there were moments within this match in which I wanted to inflict suffering upon myself and others. However, because mostly because of the result and because Keno um, hates everybody, I found this to be, overall, a pretty good main event, even if it was way too fucking long.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Way, way too long. Um, basically, it opens up and it's interesting enough um and then as you know especially playing off the stuff with keno and the and the, just the sassy bitch that he's being from the start um you know teasing and playing the mind games i don't know if you if you do the english commentary but i like to and the english commentary did a good job putting over kind of the uh that nature of keno um and then mm-hmm. as soon as jake lee is in control it just grinds to a complete and utter fucking stop it is just Boring as dirt, dull as dishwater, as they say, just cannot fucking. I do. I don't get it. Like, I historically was at least somewhat like willing to give Jake Lee a chance. Jesus Christ, this title reign has just dropped any pretense of thinking that there's maybe going to someday be something with this guy. Obviously, really? there's the size, but ugh. compare him directly to like Yoda Suji, and just it's fucking night and day, right? Like. Not only is it the fact that like, I bet, I bet Jake Lee is taller than Suji, but the fact that Suji can wrestle comes across like a fucking way bigger badass. It's like, he really is like the perfect middleweight type wrestler right now for the, for the, for the era where he can be small and he can be big and he can project yeah. like a monster and has personality. Jake Lee is just the absolute fucking nothing. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, sorry to steamroll if you had any thoughts you wanted oh. to interject there.
1: Well, I was going to build off of that and you have Please. you ever seen you ever seen that clip from SpongeBob where uh, Squidward comes out and he dances and the crowd is quiet and then SpongeBob comes out with the mop and then they start cheering and then back and forth. Yes. Yes. That is this match for me because whenever Kenno is in control just doing Kenno things, um, it's beautiful because he's beating the shit out of Jake Lee. And then Jake Lee does a hold and I want to kill myself.
0: Yeah, yes, that is exactly it. Um, it is just... It is such a fucking slog to get through any of the parts of the match where Jake Lee is in control. And the crazy thing about it is Keno doesn't really need to do much. Like, when he's in control, he's not even necessarily doing any big spots. They tease the stuff on the apron, which, you know, they did the the big apron uh, superplex and, and uh, kind of falcon arrow or whatever in the past with him and uh, Miyahara... That, or not Miyahara... Uh, Oh God, Kaito Kiyomiya that me and uh, Q have, have praised in their matches in the past, especially I think earlier this year um, with just how good those two are together, but then he doesn't even have to do it. <laughs> like he doesn't even yeah. have to do any of the crazy shit. He can keep it simple. Go ahead. Feel free. I'm sorry. I'm, again, steamroll. And, and I think the delay is, uh, is unfortunately hurting.
1: Yeah. Uh, with this match in particular, I we behind the scenes. I was saying that I think that Keno, um, Will be, I mean, he's approaching it. He's 38, I think, but he will be an amazing old man wrestler. And there's a lot of shit that those kind of guys do, like Minoru Suzuki or Yoshiaki Fujiwara, um, where they don't, they literally like just kind of stand there and just make silly faces. And the crowd cheers so much more than if they're doing like any crazy high spot. So Kenno completely achieves that in this match. As you're saying, he barely does anything when he's in control until, like, the finishing stretch, and he's so much more interesting uh, than Jake Lee
0: is. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, the, 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 we're naked choke, trapped in the ropes, obviously, good spot, I will, I have to, it's the pet peeve, have to call it out, crosses the ankles on the choke, just, I mean, you know, unacceptable, but. I guess he's going up against Jake Lee. Who's too dumb to catch it. And, and I guess they're not on the mat. So it's, it's definitely harder to, to grab that counter and and do the, uh, the ankle breaker situation mm-hmm. on that from a standing position. But either way, I just, that's a, that's an unforgivable sin as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, uh, you know, again, the finish when they get into it, Keno fighting for the, for the, um, for the cross face repeatedly and going, you know, transitioning from triangle all around, just all around great stuff. Um, and when we were talking about that offline, I did mention, you know, I did want to talk about that because Keno, Keno becoming, let's say like, uh, yeah, like the, the grumpy vet kind of character, which he's already developing more and more throughout time. He has to do less and less and continues to get everything and has that built up equity a uh, shout out. If you remember how often I say that, um, like doesn't you know you just tease the stuff. I talked about teasing the apron Month. Well, that's enough because people are like, Oh yeah, I remember he's done that. You don't need to do it every match if you can play off the history well enough. Um but uh but also like we saw him in Dragon Gate, we've seen him in DDT relatively recently. And like I always think of the DDT where he came out with the big crazy hair and he's amping it up for the setting, and just and you know, the way that he wrestled in Dragon Gate when he was uh the, the Twin Gate champion, like The way that he's able to show off different styles, different personalities, different abilities, be comedic, take himself lightly. It's kind of the same thing I recently was bragging or talking up about, like, um, Fuminori Abe, about a guy who's able to be legitimate, be a badass, be a shooter, and then also be funny. Um, And I mentioned to you that I I wanted to bring that up in conversation with a video that you recently did um, about Josh Barnett, who (laughs) is anything but ever funny. I mean, the guy just almost never shows any lightheartedness. You'll get a little quippiness from him here and there. I've noticed when I've seen him live up close, you can pick it up. You really do not pick up any of that. Yeah, yeah. Never pick up any of that on tape though. Um he'll just do some off off offhand stuff and then also yeah being kind of a dork outside of it. But but uh but Bob Sap, you mentioned you were talking about Bob Sap in that video and his uh history with Josh and Bob Sap is the a perfect example of that guy who can be a monster you know, crazy killer, but also can be lighthearted and goofy and silly. And uh, I do, I always appreciate guys who can pull that off. You know, it's, 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 it's a very special, unique kind of thing. And I think Kenno was able to pull that off, as you say, w- you know, one of the world's greatest haters, but he's also able to be funny and show levity and show a light side as well.
1: I think that's absolutely true. And I would almost compare it to uh, not quite the same degree. But what we've seen with like John Moxley in the last few years, because you look at this man who is an unstoppable killing machine uh in most of his matches, but then he can go work like GCW and be pretty goddamn funny, or he can go to yeah. Bloodsport and be a shooter. Uh that kind of versatility It's like just makes somebody ace material.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think uh Keno Keno is in that. Um we both kind of offhandedly mentioned the finish. I think that's the biggest thing coming out of it and probably the most important thing. Um GHC title change. So the long the long nightmare finally comes to an end. Keno wins the title. Hopefully Jake Lee can fuck off to I don't even care at this point. I don't know where. Maybe Glee will hire him just to try to, you know, do something and, and absolutely get nothing out of him, just like they do with a lot of guys, unfortunately. Um, but well, yeah.
1: The funny part is like I think Jake Lee, when he does, like, shooter-ass stuff, it looks so much better than when he does, like, normal pro-res stuff. Um, Because one of the few matches I've liked from him this year was his N1 victory match with Timothy Thatcher, which partially I just loved him. But also forcing Jake Lee to do more of, like, a catch-wrestling like grappling thing made his worst traits a lot less pronounced. That's, uh, you know, that's
0: that's... Possibly, I could definitely see that you've got the, you know, the the training in the background with Funaki, um, you've got the history of Jake Lee being somewhat more of a technical wrestler in the past, um, so yeah, I can definitely see where you're coming from. So maybe I I accidentally backed backed my myself into the right place for him to go, which would be to show up in Gleaton. I mean, with a with Junior uh, Fujita like maybe he'd be able to pull something off with the Jake Lee, right? I mean, maybe he could pull something out of there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe.
1: Um, Jake Lee's matches were half the length. They'd be like two to three times as good.
0: That's very fair. That is uh, definitely very fair. Do you have any other thoughts on the GHC title change itself? Like the the fact that the title is moving over to Keno. Um, and I mean, obviously it might be a bit of a spoiler with the the semi-main event because it definitely seems like a pretty easy big challenger to set up for uh for keno coming out of that
1: yeah we have entered the golden era of blue keno um he will devour all and i'm just glad the ghc heavyweight title is around the waist of a man who actually fucking deserves it um because it really didn't feel like a big deal um when Mia had it like he's one of the best young guys in wrestling right now and you finally, after the long nightmare, we're finally in a guy who feels like he's a fucking world champion.
0: Yeah, that's a that's definitely a plus. Um, with Nakajima gone, um, which we'll talk about his final match as well here in a little bit, it does feel like, okay, Keno, Keno finally can kind of, even though he's been G C champion multiple times before this, it always kind of felt like, in a weird way, the Nakajima-Keno thing kind of hang hung over his head uh, even with like the the congo affiliation it did feel like kenno okay kenno could be the leader of congo or whatever but nakajima was the workhorse was the champion level material was the ghc guy of the group even if kenno was the leader right and now i think you actually do kind of are able to have a clear kenno can feel like the top guy and not have the overbearing nature of nakajima there um I think that I think that there's something to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like there could apparently, the, according to the Noah bookers, there can only be one kicky boy uh, per promotion yes. to be the top star. Uh, but yeah, Keno really will, I assume he can pick up that slack. And also, I just want to say, because we've been talking a lot about his character work um, and him being the hater that he is, uh, the way he reacted after winning the title Reminds me a lot of something Jim Ross said last year when John Moxley squashed CM Punk in like three minutes on TV, where he said, "Right now, this man is the ruler of the universe, and he appears to be pissed about it." And yeah, I feel like applies to Keno.
0: Yeah, that is a uh, that is a perfect way to to, to describe it. And uh, yeah, it's it is that. I mean, Moxley. It's definitely a different vibe for Keno. It, it is just pure just being a salty old dog uh for moxley it definitely does have that feeling of like uh he's looking for worlds to conquer and he's just getting disappointed that there's nothing left kind of vibe when Mm -hmm. he was at the top like that um which i always uh, obviously greatly appreciate but you know not everybody can be moxley unfortunately probably two or three time wrestler of the year (laughs) level talent like john moxley is but Ken is is right there he's good it's not to say anything bad about him but it's an unfair comparison you're making there, Squill. I'm I'm sorry. You cannot compare so it, people it, to Moxley and have it be favorable for them.
1: It is. I'm just saying that the the fucking rage they have. Like normally, right. you have a guy winning a world title. He's crying. He's like kissing the belt. Uh, I just mean to say that I appreciate that yeah. both of the men like uh, win the title, and it doesn't seem to have satisfied them at all. Like I think no. Keno still wants to fucking kill everybody in his path
0: yeah that's definitely true um well like i said semi-main event feels like it definitely is setting up i mean really either guy as a solid challenger um i absolutely i thought this was a much better match when it came to both performers in the match being game um Mm -hmm. jack morris was a guy who i was really high on very quickly i mean Just from the beginning, when I first started seeing him in Noah, I'm not, you know, I was in the past a little bit more up on like actually following Australian indies and stuff. Um, Oh, I guess he's Scottish. For some reason, I thought he was Australian. Either way, I had never really seen Jack Morris. I guess he was like an ICW guy uh, before he showed up in Noah. No, he's not even ICW. Where did they fucking find this guy? Um, I guess he was a bit of ICW. Either way, um, Mm -hmm. I first started seeing him in Noah and was just kind of like, all right, like in from, from the jump. Okay. You know, uh, Wagner, Wagner's a very interesting one because his, uh, not even his father, his grandfather was a guy who was definitely on, on, he was one of the first people that I realized watching him wrestle the, my, my trope that I've said in the past, which is I like luchadors when they wrestle in Japan. Like, I don't really like lucha I don't really like watching it in Mexico, but a lot of times luchadors in Japan, I will appreciate them quite a bit more. And the fact that El hijo de da- Dr. Wagner Jr. has like fulfilled and continued to move into the same lane that I thought his grandfather was so excellent at years and years ago. Um, like. And these two guys just absolutely beat the piss out of each other. Really unique mixing of the two styles, doing the... kind of romero special on the floor into the uh into the guardrail was such a sick spot and so cool to pull off in this setting um again just strong style laying it in mix mixing the two different styles lucha and you know japanese style and just like you know euro whatever wrestler jack morris vibe like doing some high flying doing some flips all that kind of stuff just absolutely both guys were insanely game really fucking brought it made it you know elevated the title which Wagner has already been doing his title reign, has definitely built this title up almost to the level that it was at. Um, when uh, I was just like killing machine, Jesus Christ, I'm so bad at this sometimes. Where I just like Segura, when like a certain name gets stuck in my head and I can't remember the person's actual name. Um, <laughs> like the national title almost to the level of when Segura had it again. Um, through Wagner here, the finish I thought was insanely sick. I think this is another one where the commentary was kind of weird because the commentary was implying. Like, I heard them say, like, he's, you know, he stole it or whatever. And I was just like, with the finish, a top rope fucking tiger driver. And and the way that the match was set up, it did not, to me, did not come across at all. Like, Morris stole this one. But the commentary kind of said it that way, which I thought was very fucking weird and just really off base for them. And, And this commentary team for Noah, the English commentary team, they tend to do a pretty good job. So... Yeah, but but Squirrel, what are your thoughts on everything and, and uh, you know that, that little piece that maybe may you may or may not have heard?
1: Yeah, so to address that first part, I did not hear it because I listened to the Japanese commentary um, for most stuff, mostly because for whatever reason I just like hearing them like yell incoherently um, versus most uh, when they have like English speakers commentating Japanese wrestling. So I had no idea about that. I just thought the finish was fucking sick. Um, but I'm probably lower in Jack Morris than a lot of people, but that's just because like, I think Noah has conditioned me to groan whenever one of their, uh, army of white boys walks out. Um, but I will always be a mark for a match in which two men just go out there and decide that one of them is not walking away, which they absolutely did pull that off. And, um, uh, El Eho day El Eho day Wagner Jr. You know, third generation wrestler. He's got the lucha skills, and also he knows how to fucking hit hard, which I always love.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely beat the piss out of each other and uh, and kind of hit everything. And here's my thing: Keno losing or Jake Lee losing the title, disgraced, uh bye bye. No one wants to see you anymore, but a buddy, like um, and you know. Morris, I don't think Morris is just a parade of Noah white boys. Like, I think he could take over the good looking guys stable and really be kind of the top guy of the group and not just another white guy, you know, like not just another guy gene in Noah that they don't take seriously. He could actually they could actually do something with him, especially because. He like I said, he kind of feels like a Noah original. He feels like Noah kind of grabbed him from obscurity and has actually done something and made something out of him to where I think they might be more invested in him than than maybe they are in other just like random white boys that are in the company if, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm like I said, it's not really against him personally. I just have Noah-based trauma, but he does seem to have a tremendous amount of potential. Uh, as the company goes on
0: yeah and hopefully they don't uh they don't you know no one poaches him he doesn't disappear or go somewhere else or any of that like hopefully they can have him stick around i mean it's you know obviously it's tough because when you start to show that kind of potential you catch people's eyes and they they definitely want to start doing something with you
1: um the fuck away from triple h
0: <laughs> yes Uh, But yeah, like I said, either one of these guys I could see challenging Keno for the the heavyweight title coming off of this match and could actually could obviously deliver something, something of high quality just because of we talked about being able to just beat the piss out of each other. These two guys being so dynamic and can do a lot more of the bumps and the high flying and stuff so that Keno doesn't have to, um, even though he still can when he wants to. So he could turn it up, but he wouldn't need to. Uh, So, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a worthwhile matchup from there. Um, in a similar vein, <laughs> talking about high flying and just a bunch of stuff, um, GHC junior heavyweight tag team titles, the champions, alpha wolf and dragon Bane, um, guys who made their name on, uh, gifts on Facebook wrestling in the fucking, in the streets or whatever, you know what I mean? Doing indie lucha matches, um, mm-hmm. around cars and stuff, uh, going up against the good looking guys team of, uh, Ta- Tadasuke and Yohei, um, Based on the pattern that we've been doing things, you would start this one, but I think I'm going, to, I'm going to call an audible. I don't really follow that pattern that some podcasts do. I think it's weird sometimes that people do uh, a uh, stick to it so strictly. Uh, my mm-hmm. biggest takeaway from this is just like, GHC, uh, they're not going to fucking book the GHC Junior Tag Team titles at all. They're not going to put any effort into it. So like, Dragon Bane and Alpha Wolf just having nutty spot fest matches and keeping the titles like actually is more prestigious than having these belts like on whichever member of stinger is turning heel or face that month um so this is honestly just a much better situation for those belts um nobody i mean come out of it and this is just built again just like i said just building the prestige of the of the dragon wolf ah dragon bane and alpha wolf team and and just their vibe of being crazy spot fest guys and I mean, really hitting some of the state of the art high spot, double team, crazy lucha spots, right? And the crowd's just going nuts as they hit their kind of signature moves that they've done a, a ton of times. Um, and, but other than that, I mean, no one really, there's not really much to do this. I don't know, Squirrels, did you have any big takeaways on the match?
1: I mean, you summed it up it was 12 minutes. It didn't overstay its welcome. People's long term spinal health was damaged. That's all you really need for a junior heavyweight tag match.
0: Yeah, perfect. And a big part of why I wanted to just uh, start and open that one up is because I would I would prefer to hear your takes on this next one here. Uh, Nakajima's final match in Noah, teaming with Go, they're doing their Axios um, kind of Axis. I don't know why I say Axios. Anyways, you know that's how words are now. You know, if you're like you're doing a, 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 a everything is like a crypto scam, so the names are like Axios. You know, um, going up against Marafuji and Segura. Um, Kind of what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on Nakajima moving forward and uh, and leaving Noah? I mean, I know, you know, he's not a Noah Trueborn or whatever, and he really hasn't been there forever, but it feels like a long time. And he has felt like one of the stabilizing forces and one of the guys in Noah that you could count on to always be there for the past however many years. And now he's gone. It's, you know, it's the end of an era in some way.
1: Mm hmm. Um, first of all, this is match of the night for me. Uh, it had basically like no overall story for the match, but they fucking just hit each other really fucking hard, which I'm is really true to all four men involved. Um, there were some great fucking spots. I remember when um, uh, Nakajima like lifted Segura out of a guillotine, and it was fucking awesome uh go hit a deadlift suplex that was beautiful like it really seemed that this is uh you know his last match so with the company nakajima that is so all four guys are just going to empty the clips into each other and just hit all the crazy shit they can like i don't know it was a perfect send off and like with nakajima's future going forward i think he can go just about anywhere and probably still be pretty successful um, I think it'd be interesting to see them in New Japan right now since they seem to have recovered a little bit from how stale their booking was. But, yeah, that's about it for this match.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you said uh, that this was a you know not a lot of psychology in a match where just all four men were emptying the clip. And uh, I'm slightly confused because I'm pretty sure that this was Axis versus Segura in a handicap match. I didn't notice this fourth man that you talk about. Um <laughs> When it comes to emptying the clip, I mean, Mara Fuji was like, had a a fucking pop gun. I mean, this guy was, not only was he barely in there, he did not deliver the same as the other three men. Like, I get where you're coming from, though. It was definitely, leave it all out there, go, 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 dead, broke. But like, Segura did the heavy lifting for his team when it came to pretty much everything. Which is fine, because this was about seeing Axis beat the piss out of not just their opponents but each other which I I really enjoyed. I love Nakajima just kicking the shit out of Go. Like that was definitely a lot of fun. Um yeah, so but uh, I agree with you that I would say match of the night. Um you know, close second the Morris and Wagner for me personally, but you know, that's again I'm higher on on Morris than you. Um and possibly even higher on Wagner than you. Uh cuz I'm high, really really oh high goodness. on both those guys. Uh but yeah, this this definitely ruled uh nakajima moving forward i mean it's so weird because you know hours after this maybe days he shows up in all japan um and kind of seems like oh is that it and that really cannot be it like i just i can't imagine that he left noah to go work all japan when he could have basically kind of done that anyways i feel like there's got to be more to it you know what i mean
1: Um, Yeah, because currently this may be unpopular, but to me, all Japan is a shittier version of Noah just because they don't have the talent pool um, and built around like two or three people. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense to go from Noah to a shittier Noah.
0: Right. And I mean, they've got some young guys that would be good to work with, but like, I don't think that Nakajima is really looking to wrestle a bunch of rookies and help them get better. I don't think that's what he's looking for in in his career right now. So, yeah, that would make absolutely no sense. Um, but yeah, I think we're both on the same page. This this was they were playing the hits, but it's exactly what you wanted. Um, you know, it, it, other than <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be so harsh on Mara Fuji, but fuck man, I mean, I know he's old, I know he's beaten up, but he really stuck stood, stood out like a a sore thumb in this match. Really, like I just he was not. He's just not on the level as the other guys. I mean, he just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um but you know it is what it is. Um a non-titled junior tag match before this, which is kind of shocking. Don't see a lot of junior title junior tag team matches on uh Noah shows that aren't for the title. Um mm-hmm. Ada and Hayata taking on the Stinger team of Daga and Ogawa. Um you know what are you gonna do? Like you can't have Ogawa again, like I talked about the Stinger, the junior tag team titles on Stinger constantly. Um like got to do something with the guy and he's fucking great. And really anything other than a big spot, I'm going to feel like he's being wasted even at this age with just how good Ogawa still is. Um, Mm -hmm. We've seen him show off how good he can still be even relatively recently um, with like the one that pops in mind. The most recent is like the Dick Togo match, but even still he's had some pretty kick-ass matches um, even, you know, like I said, even more uh, relevant lately. Um, But that said, I mean, Daga's there. <laughs> I don't know if you're a big Daga fan. Not for me. But the stuff with Ada and Ogawa, I really enjoyed any time that they were interacting with each other. Um, you know, those two in a big singles match, I think, would be a lot of fun. But, you know, again, it's a, a junior tag team match, in Noah. That's not for the title, it's just kind of shocking that it's even on the card. Uh, what did you think?
1: Uh, no, I'm pretty much with you. It provoked very little emotion in me, and it was 13 minutes and still too long. Um... Ogawa is sick, but I just can't bring myself to care that much.
0: Right, yeah, I have to just let it go. I I get upset anytime I see him not in a big position, but it is. I mean, they're not going to push him. They're just not. I don't know why I would think that they ever would. They're not. Um, trios tag team match. We got the real team of Suzuki, Huxley, and uh, Taniguchi taking on uh, Daiki Inaba, uh, Masakira, Mia, and Manabu Soya. Um, did you check this out?
1: Yes, I did. Real or my okay. fucking boy. I I have an agenda uh, to push here. And that is that uh, one, I think Taniguchi is a fucking really good wrestler. Um, You know, he was stuck for years with that fucking like Maybach Taniguchi thing. But I think he's truly very good. And seeing him as just himself is always a treat. So I think that's pretty fun. And I also think Saxon Huxley is an incredibly fun wrestler, even if he doesn't know how to sell. Um, because in the similar vein of a Bob Sapp, him screaming and just like running around like a crazy person makes me a lot happier than a lot of technically perfect stuff that just comes off as like devoid of emotion.
0: Yeah is an interesting one, because I mean, I'm I'm probably one of the few people outside of the UK, you know, and legitimately just even like the area where he's from, who was familiar with the with the muscle cat before he showed up in WWE. Um, so it's just kind of like, I, and even I wouldn't predict like this level of where he's at now, but in the real group and in the setting that he's doing here, like you said, just kind of perfect. Um, And him and Tanaguchi just really have such great chemistry together as a team Um, and the stuff where Suzuki got involved, too. But Suzuki almost felt like a third wheel at times, which is crazy because he's one of my boys, you know, one of my longtime boys. And he felt like a third wheel on his team, really, um, with the dynamic between Huxley and and Tanaguchi. And that's, again, thinking about the fact that um, Huxley, really, you kind of think of him now as like he was Thatcher's tag team partner, right? You know, they were the tag team champions, so you think like now he's showing, okay, he's also got really good tag team chemistry with Tanakuchi, another member of the stable. So it wasn't just Thatcher, even if, you know, obviously Thatcher's great. We both agree with that. We're not going to argue with that. And, and I mean, how long are we going to, I mean, you brought him up earlier, as I say, how long are we going to review a show that Thatcher's not on it and not gush about Thatcher? Um, yeah. Of course, anytime Thatcher's not on the screen, people should be asking. Um, But uh, yeah, the facts that Huxley has, bringing out this personality. Tanaguchi looks great here as you said, looks it was honestly really good in general. I'm um, finally getting to show off what he can do with the just the character, the goofiness, but then also the execution and the wrestling. This was really good. Um <clears throat> felt too long, you know, 14 yeah. minutes still felt too long, but this is all this is honestly like six guys that you need hot. You need to be legit. These are all guys who should be at that level where a couple wins and they could challenge for the GHC title and you need them to be there. You're coming off of Soya having a really hot run in the N1. You want to keep him hot. So you can't really have this match go quick. You need to give them time to continue to keep them established. So I get that. But for me, my personal opinion, my personal choice, I'd rather the match was quicker, right? And and I also am like, there's a lot of goofiness and, and fat that you could say, oh, you could cut that. But that was honestly kind of the best stuff on in the match was a lot of the kind of goofy sideshow stuff. So do I want to cut all that? Not really. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you have any other thoughts or anything you want to respond there.
1: Uh, no, I pretty much agree with that. It should have been like 10, you know, 8 minutes versus the 14 it was. Um, right. We'd also be remiss without mentioning uh, Masa Kidemiya, who I think is very much deserving of, like you said, of like a GHC title challenge. That guy is another cube who I greatly appreciate. <laughs> Um, and he had, he had a lot of chemistry, um, with Timothy Thatcher in the n one. So of course I appreciate him there, but there's some real potential for some of these guys in this match, like, um, like Saxon you're talking about to become a God tier tag worker. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to be a singles, like really good wrestler, but in terms of a hot tag where he runs in and starts screaming, he may be able to get to that peak. Yeah,
0: I mean, he's really he's really built for that role. He's really, yeah, he's very good for that. Um, and again, the personality is there. And mm-hmm. when he can bring out personality in his opponents that definitely, or his teammates, that definitely adds to it. Um, before that, there's Kiyomiya and Ryo, uh, Ryohei Oiwa taking on the good-looking guys team of Anthony Green and LJ Cleary. Um, I can definitely see people skipping this and not caring, but for me, LJ Cleary is on my list. A guy who I've been following since he was a, a, a young boy, a young student. I'm happy to see him here. Definitely feel like he's seamlessly fitting in here. So, yeah, like I said, I could definitely see someone skipping it. But you got Kiyomiya in there. You got uh, LJ Cleary in there. You got Oiwa. Anthony Green is Anthony Green. I think some people, I don't, I can never fucking tell if uh, pe- other people are just way higher on him than me or if it's just a meme. But, uh, but either way, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this match.
1: Yeah, Anthony Green is fine. Uh, He does some silly faces, which I always appreciate, Um, but he is very much a nothing indie-style worker most of the time. So I was mostly just watching this for uh, Kiyomiya uh, and Ryohei. It was fun watching them uh, tag together. I like their dynamic. Um, I don't know if I see that much as you do for LJ Cleary. But I also just don't have a ton of exposure to him, so I'll have to keep an eye on the future.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's not showing everything that he can do here and he's I'm just saying he's showing up in Noah and he's as good as Daga. <laughs> you know, I mean he's at he he's hitting the bar where he doesn't feel out of place in Noah for like a Gaijin in Noah. Um, okay,
1: but I I might be as good as Daga.
0: That's very fair. Um 10-man tag team match. This is, really felt like just an excuse to get a bunch of people on the show. Uh, you know, my only real thoughts... I'm Actually, I don't know if you have any thoughts on it or if you care.
1: No, this is the one I, I didn't watch.
0: Didn't watch this. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, my only thoughts are like, ter- I'm happy to see Teriyaki continuing to get shots in Noah because I'm a fan of his. Uh, you know, I... I this is the thing i think i say stuff like this and people might think i mean more than i mean when i when there's young guys and i get into them and i keep an eye on them that doesn't mean that i say that they're great i just there's potential there and i enjoy watching them develop and teriyaki's one of those guys i've been watching him for a while and i think that there's something there that can develop he's got a good look good personality and he's executed some stuff relatively decently for his age Um, on the other side of things you've got like extreme tiger and even ohara who are guys who i've always thought the world of and thought that they had the same thing, lots of potential, something could happen and really just kind of never, you know, got off third base kind of situation or, you know, made it to made it to home plate kind of thing. Um, It's unfortunate, you know, but guys who I thought could get there at one point. And then the, the big, big thought coming out of it is Hiroki, which is just this fucking guy who was the butt of jokes because of his funny name that Americans don't understand how much Japanese people love to do wordplay where they're playing off of the sounds of letters it's funny because America, we understand leet speak right on, on uh, like on chat rooms and stuff where you do numbers that look like letters, but in Japan, they like to do numbers that sound like letters to make words out of the numbers. So high 69 mm-hmm. was always the a punchline because people who didn't understand that it was Hiroki because of the way that the numbers work. Um, So he was, you know, oh, look at this scuzzy indie guy. whose name is high 69. Well, it's Hiroki. Either way, the fact that he's one of the best guys in a you know, second to opening round match in a Noah you know, 10-man tag. It's kind of just funny. Um, and I'm happy for him because he was actually really good, endearing, and solid worker in this match. He was probably the standout worker of this match when it comes to actual wrestling, um, which is very funny. And then the opening six-man tag, I'm going to assume you also skipped, um, but if you have any thoughts, feel free.
1: I did flip through it. Um, okay. It is fascinating that Mohamed um, Yane is has a job. Um it's yes. just uh I man, this was because I watched most of it and then I asked what I was doing with my life. Um I guess it's cool to see that Noah uh still books Akatoshi Saito sometimes. Like there's not much to say here. It was the absolute sludge of Noah's roster. They're just there so they get paid, I guess
0: right you've got to you know and and someone has got a book the uh cast off equally as canceled student of michael elgin in stallion rogers i mean what i don't understand how this fucking guy got to noah but it's just so funny to to see him here after the you know unpleasantness and to be honest with you i like him more in ring wrestling now than i did when fucking you know the 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 southern graps you know twitter was you know talking about how he was the next coming of you know uh barry windham or whatever like honestly i think he's finally actually turning into a decent wrestler he's built better and some of his stuff actually looks legit um the haircut Mm -hmm. really helps but just the fact that this scuzzy motherfucker who probably doesn't probably shouldn't be in wrestling at all is just kind of scuzzing it around here and in noah is just something else but yeah I, i agree with your thoughts on the match itself
1: now that it occurred to me, they did put um, the shadiest guy on the roster in a match against the guy who killed Misawa, uh, albeit it was you know unintentional. So it sure. is kind of, it, it just kind of seem like they just tried to contain it to one match.
0: Sure, that's fair. Maybe they just in case Cyan Roser tried to pull anything, he would be right there with a the real shooter. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's that that's job.
1: terrible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well. I guess, Well, is there any other thoughts? Any other things you want to hit before we call it a, call it a night here on this Noah, this big-time Noah review?
1: Um, Noah is a terrible product. Noah is a great product. Long live Noah, I think. Um, I'm interested to see Keno's reign, and I hope they don't fuck it up, but I think it's also booked with just, like, Great Muda is in the locker room, and he just does, like, a ton of crack. And then whoever walks in the door first becomes GHC heavyweight champion, which I think is how Jake Lee got it. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, that does. I mean, it's just the first guy he sees and Jake Lee was the tallest, right? So he just saw him first. That does that does check out. Um, yeah, the only other thing I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to talk about the MJF versus Kenny Omega match, but... Uh, I ended up not getting around to watching it because we started recording earlier than we had originally planned. So whatever. I've heard it's good. We'll see. Um, Otherwise, you liked it? Yes, I did. Check it out.
1: I've gotten... I'm higher on MJF than a lot of people in our corner of the internet. Sure. Um, I think it's kind of weird that people are acting like he's a bum in the ring. But I find myself very easily invested by a lot of his work. Um, just cause I appreciate his promos and he's yeah. not bad in ring either.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. You're able you, you set me up to hit my, uh, my, my catchphrase when it comes to MJF, which is, uh, I think that he's perpetually overrated as a promo and underrated as a worker because I agree with you that I think he's very, he's a lot better in ring than people give him credit for. Um, and I think that his promos and a now with his, you know, his sketch comedy, I think he's more and more people are starting to realize how uh how cringe inducing he can be. Now, can he be a good promo? Yes, but you know, is he is he a, you know, batting 500? Kind of at this point, not really. He's starting to hit a lot of stinkers and a lot of promos that are just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And a lot of segments that are just making me want to turn the channel. But in ring, <laughs> I mean, he is about as solid as they come. So, that's why I did want to check that match out because you and a few other people who uh, who were higher on it that uh, made me say, okay, I'll watch. I'll give it a shot. Um, so I want you to plug your YouTube channel, of course. I did mention the uh, Josh Barnett video, which I got around to watching today, and I really appreciated it. I did want to shout out the uh, interview video you did with Artemis Spencer. I really, really appreciated that. And I wanted to say... Shout out to Artie in that interview. When you asked him someone to put over who deserved more attention, you said he said former guest of the podcast Elliot Tyler, the Beef Boy, someone who's been (laughs) on my list for a long time as a guy who's underappreciated for how talented he is. So I thought that was really neat that uh, that Artemis uh, Artemis said the same. I mean, obviously he's one of Artie's students, so he think he obviously thinks he's good. But I thought it was pretty cool that he could have said anybody, and he said uh, 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 Elliot, who's a guy who I'm very high on as well.
1: Artie is a sweetheart, and I'm kind of sorry that I traumatized him by, uh, I don't think he thought I would research him as in-depth as I did, and when I brought up his old ring name of Amazing Halo, he <laughs> almost spit out his fucking coffee, and I yeah. think I made deep psychological damage to him
0: that's uh that's fair he wasn't as caught off guard when i uh when i asked him about it in the past because we were not recording the conversation so uh (laughs) it was nice to see his reaction there um but yeah that was uh that was definitely pretty good um but yeah like i said squill please uh please plug your youtube that everyone should be checking out and anything else you want to mention
1: yeah my uh, my channel is wrestling with the narrative i've been making videos just about once a month i may have missed one um on there's no real theme to the to the overall theme like i've done a bunch of topics i've done you know like actual like mainstream aew wwe stuff and then i'll like go and do a new japan match from the 80s that nobody cares about except for me so if you want a strange mixture of wrestling on various topics you can um, subscribe to that youtube channel yes yeah, so
0: i just, thank you for joining okay oh,
1: Oh, I just hit 500 subscribers, which I suppose is a rather good milestone.
0: Yeah, congratulations on that! It should continue to grow to the through the roof. Uh, Everyone, check it out. I'm definitely a fan, and I'm a subscriber. So, what the hell's wrong with you if you're not? Um, Either way, thanks everyone for listening. Um, Go uh, give some money to the WDKPN coffee cofi, whatever. and listen to the other podcasts on the network and, uh, you know, all that stuff. You could fund our trip to bring Quentin home. Hopefully he'll be back next episode. Uh, thanks for listening.